Welcome to Same Dude Pod. Hey, this is Jen. And this is Jackie. And we we pre-gamed by kicking off with some uh, a couple laughs <laughs> at some looking at some hot looks from our past. Wow, I don't know about you guys, but we were all really hot at our proms. I think I might have said this before in the podcast, but I know that I peaked in fifth grade. Right? Didn't I say that before? You've said that before, and you said that again earlier today, and I just can't envision a fifth grader. How old is a fifth grader? I don't know, but I was the hottest I'll ever be, actually. (laughs) I I honestly think, like, all of the sexuality in me bursted out of me in fifth grade, like the toothpaste when you squeeze it too hard, and then now I'm just, like, all dried up and there's nothing left. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I think I have, like, envisioning myself having two peaks of hotness, and one of them when I was was when I was 17 years old, as proven by my prom pick. And then the other one I envision is going to come sometime around like 45, 47 for me. Oh, I love that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There definitely are peaks. I also think I had a hot moment in college when I was working out all the time. And there was a picture, still somewhere there exists, a picture of me laying on the hood of a car in a half shirt. And I had like the the divots in my (laughs) hip bone. yeah, I had the V thing happening, and it was—I'll say it—it it was hot. Wow. Yeah. So we're was hot. hot about my nothing <laughs> was hot about my college experience. Before we get stopped talking about how hot we were, really? Uh, I no, don't really God, believe no. that. You just showed me like no five hot pics of you throughout <laughs> your prom experiences. Co- college is when I was on Celexa that caused me to gain like forty pounds, and it was definitively the least hot well I mean I could have been hot 40 pounds heavier frankly but like I didn't feel hot inside and that's what really like mattered well yeah I think to that point it's like hard to know your like part of feeling hot is like knowing your body right and like feeling comfortable in it and if all of a sudden your body changes it's like how do you sit with that wow that's actually this episode isn't about what makes you feel hot (laughs) but that would be a good topic I mean We'll come back to what makes you feel hot. Everybody think about it and maybe even write to us for fucking once. Uh, maybe send us a, a DM. I don't know. Anything. We're, we're ready. We, we keep asking you and here we are. It's International Podcast Day and we didn't hear from a one of you. Yeah, that was actually rude. It's like it's like our birthdays. It's like Mother's Day. It's like Mother's Day. Ooh, you guys. And if I don't get flowers by 12 p.m., then... I guess I know who's the favorite child. Um, wait, <laughs> just to bounce back to a conversation that happened off mic. Uh, so how often did you go tanning when you were in high school? Okay, so Jen and I were, as we're describing, looking at prom pictures. And there's a particular picture of me where, like, especially bronzed. And I was telling Jen that I didn't spray tan, but I went in tanning beds. And so I didn't go, I didn't like to go ever. My mom always went to tanning beds. Uh, and she's like, oh, you should try it. It'll be fun. And I tried it with her once. And I was like, oh, I really don't like it. It freaked me out. And the, like the bed full of lights, I just thought final destination. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Where the, yes. she gets stuck in the bed and then it like explodes. I thought about that every time. So I only went for like events where I had a bad sports tan line or something. Classic. That Razorback 
sports fan you get from a sports fan. Uh, my mom and I would always go before spring break because you had to get a base layer. You had to get your base layer. If you didn't, it's like nothing was going to (laughs) stick. And then once I went to this tanning bed that was, you went in once and then it continued to tan you for three days. What do you mean? How does that work? Ooh. Uh, Something Something carcinogenic. Something very bad. (laughs) I ended up like with this weird rash all over my shoulders. Oh no. Hot. It was bad. She got her base layer. (laughs) (laughs) Basically tanning beds were our generation's jewels. Oh, that's true. I know. I still feel like, I think back to all of the inappropriate tanning I did in my youth. I used to oil up at the beach, too, all definitely. the time. I was yes. covered in oil. Uh, and I was definitely bronzed and beautiful, but my skin has paid a price. My relationship with the sun has changed dramatically over the past year. I think it's because I've teetered into my later 20s, but now it's just like it is my enemy, and it causes me deep, deep physical trauma. Well, I think and we I, like talked about this, too about plastic not plastic surgery we'll say cosmetic what do they call it cosmetic surgery no oh gosh <laughs> my dermatologist is also like a it's a cosmetic dermatologist i'm just trying a to base i'm trying to find a euphemism for plastic surgery <laughs> basically botox haven't we talked about that on this podcast Wait, what? Oh, Does no. I'm talking sensitivity to the okay, sun. No, okay. Maybe we haven't talked about this. I was talking about how I'm not opposed to getting like a little bit of Botox maybe in my forehead. Not a lot, but like I'm already starting to see some things that I'm like, okay, maybe we could just, you know, put something in there and maybe I could be young again. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not opposed to Botox at all, just like a little bit here and there. But I think the earlier that you start it, the longer. Well, you have like to. Sheena, it's uh, it's you preventative. Do. Yeah, <laughs> I want. I would do a little bit of filler under my eyes. That's what I Ooh, want. That scares me. So the, like casual injectables. I have such a hard time with it because I'm on one hand, I'm like, fuck society. I don't want to have to look young. But on the other hand, I'm like, but I just kind of feel like why not? <laughs> I mean, right? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I teeter back and forth as well. I mean, like, I think it's entirely just dependent on, like, what you want yourself yeah. to look like to fit your own expectations. I feel like I need, inje- I need like, injections under my eyes because I have dark circles that weren't my choosing. Like, they were forced upon me by my genetics, and I feel like that wrong should be righted. So yeah. I feel entitled to fix that. I just feel like when I see wrinkles in my forehead, I just think of stress. And I'm like, I don't want to look in the mirror and be like, am I hot? And then I raise my eyebrows and I'm like, okay, I'm stressed. <laughs> okay. I can't even begin to engage with that though, because I have so, I have, I'm so, I have a really expressive face and my face just moves into a bunch of different like wrinkles and lines. And <sighs> so just, does mine. It, I think it's just like natural. I think like a, I think an advertising campaign slash ploy of Botox is to make it feel like you shouldn't have wrinkles. But I think like You're everyone, exactly at every, right. everyone has, has wrinkles. wrinkles. Yeah, like so babies have guess wrinkles. what? I'm not getting Botox. Well, not right at this moment. I'm not. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe my feelings will change. I'm also wearing uh, our. Why can't I think of what this is called? We're just it's talking called a about pussy it. hat. Oh yeah, I'm wearing the pussy hat right now. So this makes this conversation extra political. <laughs> for those of you listening. Uh, okay. Quick pivot, Jackie. Do you have an open letter? So. 
I do have an open letter, actually. And I think that the listeners will hopefully be able to relate to this. This also takes us back to my college days. So we're, we're bringing it right back to our earlier discussion. My open letter is to the safe drive driver who was an asshole to me. And I'll tell you why. Here I am, hot in college. <laughs> I have a bunch of friends. They're hot. They're in college. We get into this safe ride shuttle, which for those who don't know, Safe Ride is a van driven by usually a 60 to 75-year-old man, and he will pick you and your friends up at your apartment and take you somewhere so you don't have to drive drunk, etc. So the particular 65 to 75-year-old man that we got that night, I of course we like to we love to rap and sing and curse. That was like what we did in college, you know? So we were drunk and we were talking and I said the fuck word. And he told me that I wasn't being ladylike. And we all came for his ass. I was like, what do you mean? I'm a lady and I'm saying fuck. So that is ladylike. And so today we're going to be talking about cursing. And I want to say to that 65 to 75 year old man, um, you were fucking wrong. It sounds like an unsafe ride. It was an un it was a mentally unsafe ride. <laughs> uh yeah, no, that's fucked up. I was reading about that. I'm not about that, but earlier about <laughs> Wow. I was like, oh my God, what? Uh I was reading about why women specifically have been discouraged from cursing or why this double standard exists for women versus men. Uh and I think my, the consensus is a lot of it has to do with because cursing is just this expression of anger or frustration and essentially women have historically been discouraged from any ex- displays of emotion but especially anger that's true it's a very masculine thing anger has been painted to be right and women are very angry Oh, women are angry. Like I said, I am in a pussy hat right now. I'm just sitting in my closet in the pussy hat right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think especially I'm someone who says bitch a lot. I guess it has an angry connotation originally, but I don't intend it to be. I kind of have reclaimed it and use it as a a catch-all phrase. So what is your most frequently used curse word, Jen? I probably say fuck a lot, maybe. I guess I also say shit. I don't know. Probably those two. Probably like shitty. Shitty. I say, I think fucking shit are top two. Well, actually, bitch, fucking shit are my the holy trinity for me. <laughs> I wish I could use bitch the way you do. I feel like it just doesn't sound as natural coming from really? me. I feel like, yeah, I feel like a, I don't know. It, I have, every time I use it, it feels like a little like forced and it's like, Okay. Where is this coming from? Yeah. I wonder why it's so uh, natural to me. It comes natural. Like <laughs> I guess my family person. says bitch a lot. Do you ever use bitch, though, to talk about someone the way bitch was initially used? Like the offensive use of the word bitch. Like she was call, being like, a such woman. a bitch. She was a, like, she's a bitch. Like I have definitely called people a bitch for that reason. Yeah. And have you ever, are have you, you ever trepidatious about that? Yeah, for sure. But like, I think I, I mean, I don't know feel... that I've ever. Well, I definitely have called someone a bitch to their face, I'm sure. <laughs> I definitely have not. Really? Besides the, 
I mean, besides the fact, I told my dad once when I was 13 that my mom was a bitch and he <gasps> took me to therapy. So, like, And he my took lesson. you to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Um, that is – that's an iconic story. Well, I think I told you I never really cursed. I used to not curse um, ever until I got to college. I really didn't curse at all. What were you afraid – were you afraid to curse? Did you feel like you didn't need to? No, actually, so didn't we talk about this in our mom, non-mom crossover a little bit? I think we did. I think so. But anyway, for those of you who haven't heard that, you should go to our last episode and check out our crossover app with mom, non-mom pod. Um, but anyway, it's just kind of like Cassie said where I just didn't use the words. Like those words just kind of weren't in my vocabulary and I just – didn't use them I didn't you know it just felt unnatural kind of like how you're saying bitch feels unnatural like it it just like didn't feel like my voice at the time and then did a switch flip and you just suddenly turn into a different person who used bitch as frequently as you do Uh, I don't know it it kind of feels that way if I think back on it I think I don't know what happened though I I just embraced my inner core which was filled with curse words waiting to fly out just all that anger that you didn't feel like (laughs) you could express rage so that's what I was trying to give a little more clarity to what role curse words serve in language because I think there's this idea that people talk about sometimes that people use curse words in exchange for better quote-unquote better words because they don't have the vocabulary or they're not intelligent enough or it, it like shows some sort of intellectual deficit if you yeah I hate that right right and I think what it really is it's that and I I read this that using curse words it stimulates a part of the brain and like the way the brain uses language in a way that no other language does wow like it's more emotion than language and so it yeah it feels like that so I think in instances like where people rely on it heavily it's because their emotion is so strong yeah they're they're very emphatic words yes almost like onomatopoeia (laughs) like ow is ow a word or is that like a sound that's a sound but there's like for me I'm like bitch (laughs) I don't know (laughs) you know it's similar it feels similar in in expression to to being like ooh. well now they've taken on a different also so I also found out that the use of curse words in America specifically has changed uh, dramatically, I guess, since about the 70s after the 1960s counterculture movement became normalized and like domesticated, <laughs> essentially. Uh, but then people started cursing more frequently. And then now it's taken its own, its own line of the life of its own where it's used as, to emphasize other words. It's like it's taken on a different role in our language versus just being like right. fuck as a verb or it I don't know what the grammatical definition of it is in our categorization but it's a way to emphasize things totally and I mean like nobody's saying crap that's something that nobody's talking about for good reason yeah. that's what I want to get down I want to get into this like why this weird space of the not quite curse word curse words which include crap and uh, oh, here's one I always Ugh. hated, friggin. Do you know people Ew. would say or frickin'? I hated all what the of those. Frisk. Ew. Ew. 
Uh, I just saw like a Kate Gosselin haircut when I said that. Yes, that is what I need to be censored from me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Um, I. What are some other lesser curse words? It's so interesting. There is kind of heck, and it's like okay. Do do, I remember when I was in CCD when I was a kid, thinking hell was a bad word. Like what the hell? He double hockey sticks. Do you remember that? I mean, that? it's like okay, we can't say it. It ex- you're telling me it exists, but I can't even talk about it. That's actually weird. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> I, now that I think about it, like can you, I, here's hell. You can only th- talk about hell when it's like a place that you might end up if you like do bad things. <laughs> exactly. But like, you, how dare you use it outside of its context? But actually, never address it. I have to do an aside really quickly, if that's okay, if I'm not messing the flow up or anything here. I bought recently two pieces. I bought cereal and I bought bread. And I didn't realize that this brand was like everything, all all the food that I got, all the packaging had like holy scriptures all over it. And I didn't realize it. And then I got home and I started reading it. And it told me that on the side of the cereal box, because you know how sometimes when you eat cereal – well, I was trying to bring it back to the days where it's like, oh, maybe there's a puzzle on the back. Like, I'll keep it at the table. And so I was reading the cereal box and it was all about like holy scriptures and there were like Bible verses on it. And so then today <laughs> I get my bread out of the freezer and I didn't even like think twice about it. And I realized I bought the same brand, but it said a different Bible verse on it. And it was like all about um, herbs and nuts and seeds. So I have like a complete biblical um pantry i have a biblical pantry uh okay yeah that is <laughs> fucked up you got bamboozled much like uh people who have found themselves who do not want to be in a christian coffee shop what you know the kind i don't have you read okay so there is one in dc um called ebenezer's oh my uh, god i've been a, there i didn't know it's a christian yeah, coffee shop what do you mean you've been bamboozled yeah there it's a christian coffee shop There are coffee shops that were like created to be cool and appeal to young people but they're run by a church and there is some sort of like evangelical mission with said coffee shop so I'm okay with it like I'm okay with supporting like you do you but as long as it's not like you're not trying to knock on my door with a pamphlet the next day you know what I mean like I'm okay with that I'm I'm okay with I'm I'm kind of okay with buying the bride because I'm like okay I'm supporting these people um, just like, hopefully my email isn't somewhere that I'm going to get spammed, you know? So I have avoided Ezekiel bread for the exact reason really? that you just laid out. Yeah. Because it's like, I didn't I, even I know name, it was, was like, religious. I just totally didn't even think about that. Even it it's called is. Ezekiel. It's called Ezekiel four, nine bread. It says underneath <laughs> the bread, it says like from the Holy it, scriptures. It does. And I didn't even notice it. I just didn't even look. I looked at like the, what was in it, the ingredients. And uh, I scooted out of there. For the cereal, I was like, cool, this is like the only one that doesn't have a ton of added sugar. And I left. <sighs> I'm here we Google- are. I'm, I found the weird story behind Ezekiel 4.9 and the bread that inspired it. Is it weird? Well, it has, I guess it comes from a weird Bible verse that involves like cooking with some element of human feces. Yeah, it's feces. on. Oh, feces? Okay. Well, the, uh, I have to say the cereal tasted bad. The cereal tasted <laughs> dusty dusty I couldn't put enough milk I was put, pouring the milk in there and it was just like gone that's what, that's what you get when you buy biblical <laughs> cereal yeah it's like um they turned my they turned my milk into 
the body of Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's just like taking <laughs> communion. Uh, okay. Communion Isn't wafers? Love a communion wafer. <laughs> I have a memory of my mom like being hungry and getting communion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. This is really getting far away from our I original know. topic. We were talking but about cursing, but this is so crazy. Like, this bread really that, came to me in my own house. Okay. Is that or is that not, like, the sign of Christ? Like, should you accept him as your Lord and Savior? I I think, like, bread – for gifts, for me, like, I'm going to require a better gift than bread for you to completely take my life over. Like, if Christ showed up in, a, like, a Lamborghini with a bunch of, like, bags for me or something, I'd be like, yeah, he, I'm here. I'm on board. Like, I'll get in. But if he shows up with some dry-ass cereal and bread, like, you're going to have to keep sending more signs. Final thought on Christ. Um, how fucked up was it that we <laughs> all used to drink out of the same chalice of wine? I always thought that was gross. I never – I don't think I ever did that. I did it all the time. I didn't like the way that they wiped it off too. Yes. Yes. Ugh. My mom's a, my mom does that because she's a Eucharistic minister and you like, yeah, you wipe it off with the same cloth. I didn't People's like that. People's lipstick. People probably licked their lips and then put them to that chalice and then People we're all going to do that. We all, I did that as a second grader. I did that. But I guess that wine has magical powers. That's that was the explanation <laughs> I think I was given when I asked about this. And honestly, if you're forcing me to drink out of the same cup of wine as like a hundred other people of various ages, I'm gonna have to accept that as the answer because that's the only <laughs> way you're getting me to do it. Um, so do you cuss at work? Do I curse at work? Well, as some of the listeners may know, I do have two jobs, two very different jobs. One's an office job, and one is a restaurant job. So I definitely curse at the restaurant job, uh, and that has been fun. Uh, I feel like it's it's a more poppy and kind of fast-paced and casual environment. So it's always fun to curse with your colleagues there. But in the office, I, I keep it pretty professional. But that... I mean, that raises the question of what is professional. So, Jen, do you – well, I know you work from home, but do you ever curse with your <laughs> colleagues? Do I curse with my cats? Is that what you're asking me? Has um, Lou ever heard you say a bad word? <laughs> a bad word. Uh, so I work in politics, and I specifically work uh, with the labor unions, and I think that there's a certain air of uh, the labor movement that's kind of like – not afraid to say that some like say fuck in a professional situation. That's actually that what sense. I thought the labor movement was all about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like so. I, if there were commandments like, to the labor movement, the first one would be don't be afraid to say fuck. Don't be afraid to say like fuck your boss. I think that's <laughs> the one. Um, <laughs> so I yeah. So I feel comfortable, but you know, you always kind of have an idea of when to use it appropriately. Uh, I feel weirder now that I work remotely, uh, putting things into writing as I have to than I did when I could just say things. Yeah, because then it's like oh, I gotta type fuck out. Like I'm not gonna say fuck. Right. Although I had a job once in college where this isn't cussing at all, but I like shared a story that would. I thought was an appropriate story to share at work and it turns out <laughs> have I told you this before no 
this is once again getting us off topic. This is so I had this job uh, in college working for this outdoor adventure outfitter and I was I wanted to lead adventure trips and so I was in training for it but then one day the boss came in and this is everyone who worked there was like we're college students who had a pretty chill vibe and we were they were talking about like emergency rooms or something and I like told a story about <laughs> that I had heard from one of my family members who works in an emergency room about someone coming in with a hamster effectively like stuck in their ass <laughs> nah which was a st- like I lightly told the story, I like alluded <laughs> to the fact that that was a situation that had happened. Because I kind of think that's first of all, like, a we all- great story, and they were honored to be in your presence when you said that. Did they? Right, how did they first- react? Okay, well, get ready. Then they didn't react at all. Really, it was just like okay, like the no reaction. Fast forward to me being That's in an bizarre. interview for this new position I wanted as a leader. And then he proceeds to bring it up as an example no. of how I may not be trusted to be professional <gasps> on the job. Nuh-uh. And <laughs> I was stunned uh. and I literally teared up with embarrassment. Well, that is just like, that's a TV show that you tell a story about a hamster being stuck in somebody else's ass. And then years later, it comes back to haunt you. And then they just just actually told the story in front of people. So are they professional? Yeah, that's a great question. You stewed on the story about a hamster in someone's ass and you decided (laughs) the perfect time to pull it out was in this job interview? (laughs) To pull a hamster out of the ass. And the whole thing about it is like the hamster wasn't in your ass. Like you were telling a story about the hamster being in someone else's ass. You were a third party bystander. Yeah, and I'd say it shows good judgment because that is an interesting story that people should know about. So, And you know what? Fuck that guy. Or yeah, gal. okay, thank you. Back that, fuck that boss. Back fuck to our conversation boss. about cussing at work. Uh, anyway, so at, not all work environments are safe for you to speak freely. Um, and well, I think that going back to what, you, what we've been talking about, like bad words and being professional, it just like has that connotation that it's like a bad word. And if you're trying to be a positive person in the work environment, like a I, it just doesn't seem appropriate, but I I don't so, know because cursing really is a part of my everyday life and brand, I'd say. Well, I think that there's there are two types of cursing that we should lay out here because there's the way that I think you and I use it most frequently, which is a way to put emphasis on something um, just to be like <laughs> – like or to be like what the fuck is this something like that and then there's Mm -hmm. the way that people use it as an expression of anger when it feels angry you know the directed at people directed I would never ever it just feels would feel disrespectful for me to tell somebody that I work with like fuck you and mean it like at the restaurant sometimes I'll be like dude like fuck you and it'll be a joke uh, but like, uh, but never to my superiors. How, how often do you actually use cursing as the latter, like as a way to really be show anger and aggression oh, versus like, just casual? Pretty much emphasis. never. Or uh, only if I'm like, if I like stub my toe and I'm like, fucking bitch, you know? Right. Yeah. That definitely that. But like, stub or, my yeah, toe. Like, when was the last time <laughs> I did that? Two thousand and five. Has anybody stubbed their toe since two thousand and five? Since the it's turn tacky. of the century, even? Yeah. Yes. 
I don't believe yes. it. I I don't even believe it. That hasn't happened you, in 20 years. You haven't stubbed your toe? I haven't stubbed my toe in, in like 20 years. I'll say it. Wow. Okay. You heard it here, guys. Jackie is hot <laughs> and she doesn't stub her toe. I'm a hot so. girl. I don't stub my toe. And sometimes I roll up the sleeves of my tea. <laughs> I've never said fuck you to another person. Maybe potentially in like a relationship fight. I still. I still only ever like I would ever say happened. like very rarely say that like jokingly. That's a big. That's a no, big but thing not to say. not like fuck you, but like yeah, yeah. I, I I'm trying to think of a situation, but I feel like I probably have been like, fuck you, dude. Like that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's different. Saying like, fuck you. Like, it's just like kind of exasperated being like versus being like, fuck you, which I have. That's the first time I've ever said that. Yeah. Well, and that goes to the hierarchy of curses that we're developing. Uh, It definitely like crap is a zero curse word. It has no impact. It doesn't land. Uh, Fuck really has some weight. Yes. It's also very interesting how many of these curse words, uh, words that are considered profane, are connected to either bodily functions or sex. Because think about it, like, um, ass, fuck, shit. Yeah, it's like all vulgar or crude language. Which for English really makes a lot of sense since we have this puritanical social structure culture question mark anyway that reinforces that these things are dirty and bad and something to be ashamed of but I think I'm very BM positive I think that this ties into like a look at a deep dive into my brand and Jen I won't make you talk about it but I'm all of this is to say like I'm BM positive I'm very okay with talking about gross things I don't get grossed out ever And so I feel like that adds to my freedom of speech when it comes to curse words. I I don't give the same gravity to those words. I think it's more about like how you use those words and just to be like mindful of people that, (laughs) you know, sometimes I have to be like, is it okay if I call you bitch? Because some people don't like that. So. So that's really interesting because I think what you just laid out here is that there's a connection between feeling comfortable talking about things like bodily functions and sex and things that society traditionally has told us to be ashamed of or that are dirty and bad and using curse words openly. Because if you feel more comfortable and free in that regard, then this language doesn't have the same power versus if you're very repressed and, I don't know, afraid of those things. Um, Same, dude. I hear you on that. It's really weighty. Um, yeah, which is it's funny to think about because now I'm reflecting on the people in my life who don't curse. And they're also the type of people who I don't hear them talking about any of these other things that are, I just laid out. Or like also the type of people who don't express anger very freely. I don't – I guess I know – I guess I feel like I curse a lot. How much would you say you curse in comparison to maybe those around you? I would say I'm like a medium like medium usage. I feel like I curse a lot. Wouldn't you Probably. say? I'd say that. Yeah. And so I guess going back to perception of cursing, I think that that's something that I'm not okay with is how sometimes people will think that if you curse a lot, as we mentioned, it's like you can't find the other words, you know, like you can't speak on something more articulately. But I think that 
after having this discussion, it makes even more sense to me why I disagree with that because cursing is like an expression more than a word that is intended to have like one specific meaning for me in the way I use it. And it's a more effective word and thus a more effective tool for communicating how you feel than anything else that you could use. That is true. Because it has... Uh, it has such a, it's like a shortcut to getting someone else to understand exactly what you mean. That's so true. Wow, I love that. Uh, we should talk about the word cunt. <laughs> we should. We've been dying to. Uh, how do you feel about it? I never say it. Like, I, I never even say it. I think it's definitely back referring to the scale like maybe we'll have to make some kind of a graphic uh I think that cunt is at the top cunt lives in that angry in the United States cunt lives in that angry realm of cuss words and it hasn't fully moved over into the fun casual right realm whereas I think at the bottom it's like asshole is like down at the bottom crap like definitely frig hell frickin like those are all real phased Damn. out. Like they're no longer in in the lingo. I feel like in the two thousands, crap and uh, and uh, not ass. Ass is pretty big. Um, always ass is timeless. But I felt like hell had a moment and like friggin' had a moment. And yeah, but then those are also the lowest tier of like what I think. Like what would they bleep out on television? The question is, and so the tier just gets higher. And I think a step above that bottom tier is where you're gonna find shit and like asshole which for some reason has a different the hole people get really serious about (laughs) the hole is where the censorship comes uh so those exist there and then you have fuck on a scale above that and like bitch is actually in the lower tier um anyway and then cunt is at the very tippity top but interesting uh i read this on a BuzzFeed article, so I really hope it's credible. I'm not going to sound like an idiot to a bunch of all of our Australian Jen listeners. Jen was strolling through Eb's co-host, Gail Engage. <laughs> but supposedly, and my husband told me this too, so I'm going to blame it on him if I'm wrong, cunt is used really casually in Australia, um, not even in the sense of using it as a curse word or to indicate something negative, but that it's used as a suffix on things. What do you so mean? This is a, this, okay, this is the example that the article provides. The, I'm going to read this sample conversation. Hey, man, you want to go to Liz's party? To which the person would respond, nah, cunt. <laughs> okay. I mean, if, they, if the attached- internet said it. So the <laughs> idea is that it's it's just like a figure of speech. Like, dude. <gasps> Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, it's like you would just be like, nah. nah, Well, I don't know. So this did come. We have discussed this before. I was going to say, I I thought that dude was something, but really dork is, isn't dork like a whale's penis? I don't know. I I still don't believe that any of this is real. To be true. Anyway, so I think that's the equivalent of cunt in the U.S. language. I'm going to say it here. Dork. Dork is to cunt in Australian. (laughs) That is, do we have not verified that? (laughs) And actually that's the facts. (laughs) Uh, Interesting though, dude originated from. A dude ranch? What is a dude ranch? In the late 19th century, dude originated 
potentially shortened from the word doodle, perhaps as an allusion to Yankle duty, Yankee doodle dandy, and was used to denote a dandy, according to. Are we dandies? I, are, I actually need to know what a dandy is. I think I know what a dandy is from like Always Sunny. But I need to. I need it to I be. I feel like Dandy. I think of uh, American Horror Story, the creepy little boy, but he wasn't a little boy, but he acted like a little boy. The guy who was in um, Freak Show. Yes, the murdered. Okay, a dandy is a man unduly devoted to style, neatness, fashion, and um, his appearance. So we are women that are stylish. We already said we were hot the whole time we were here today. <laughs> we're both hot. Yes. Okay. We are dudes. So dudes are hot. So that's, that's the origin of dude. Uh, I don't think dude is a curse word or was ever used negatively. Um, Just to clear that up. Anyway. Yeah. I think you and I were first started to bring this all back to cunt. Um, everyone's <laughs> least favorite word. I, I, you and I first started talking about this because we've both been watching The Sopranos yes. for the first time, and it's heavily used in The Sopranos. It is heavily thrown used. A, thrown around with a casualness I have not seen elsewhere on television. Right, but I feel like that is a show about men who are going through something that they don't know how to articulate their feelings about, and they have a lot of pent-up rage, and so I think that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of pent-up rage at women. There's a lot of yes. mommy issues yeah. in The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, like, what's your final verdict? Is Do you think we should take back cunt the way that bitch has been I just, like, don't really like the way it sounds as a word. And I can't tell if that's because of the connotation or if I just don't like the sound of the word. Like, I don't think it has a good sound. I think it the, sounds gross. Sound is really important in the language that we choose to use, but I don't feel like anyone ever really talks about that. That is true. It's not just the meaning. It's like, how does it feel when you say it? Right, which is why some people don't say certain words, which is why I really like Spanish. Because you like the way it feels to say? I just like I like speaking Spanish. I don't know. It's like, do you ever learn languages that just they don't come naturally to you and they don't feel... Like you? Does that make sense? Every language that is not English has been very challenging and difficult for me to learn. (laughs) I hear you. It can be hard. That's like a huge thing to learn, how to speak another language. That's like, those of you out there who speak multiple languages, be proud of yourself. It's not easy. They're like, we know, bitch. So, (laughs) So do you curse around your family? I do, yeah. My family is like definitely curses. So it's not, like, uh, weird, you know? Yeah, it definitely would be in my family if to curse as frequently as I do in my everyday life around my family would feel odd. Really? Feel, yeah, uncomfortable. I mean, so that's another thing, too. It's, like, do you ever, besides being at work, which we already talked about, kind of, like, switch up how you use your language around different people for whatever reason say your family or your like if you're around like an aunt like an your great aunt are you going to speak the same way that you do when you're around your friends no like if I'm around older members of my family I probably won't curse as much or at all it's just like a respect thing 
it's just so crazy how much weight words have you know yeah and it's interesting that even though that's something that you've rejected like you reject the idea that it's disrespectful to use curse words in like the rest of your life for some reason when you're with like very specific types of people it's like you feel like they don't understand because it's generational too that's like this is a new way that I'm thinking but it doesn't matter because to them they still see those words as disrespectful and if I'm saying that you know what I mean then it comes off that way no matter what I think. How do you feel about using curse words in different forms of writing other than creative writing? For example, what if journalists or academics just regularly used curse words? I think that would be great. In their writing. <laughs> I would love no that. Keep... I would too. I just thought of that. I can't. I mean, it would be really interesting. It would be like the full proliferation. It would be like it fully became part of culture and like lost all of its taboo nature at that point. I think it would be great. I think it would be so fun. It just feels, I guess it just for me too, like cursing just feels now so natural for me. And it's just like part of my voice. And I would just love to be able to be my authentic self everywhere. Of course, it's more complicated than that, but like, if I could be writing seriously, it just, I mean, I, again, there's this thing where it's just like there's kind of a time and a place for it. But I would love if somebody else were doing that <laughs> academically or <laughs> some journalist. Any final thoughts? Anything we haven't touched on? Anything we haven't touched on? Well, I guess did we ever get to the bottom? Is like cursing, like does that have to do with witchcraft or what? <laughs> No, uh, so the what, the way that people refer to, like, profane words is changes, like, regionally and also, like, by country. So in the United States, they say cuss a lot. But I think cursing, like, initially came from, like, I, I don't know, not, like, witchcraft, but, like, I curse you. Well, like, maybe it is witchcraft. Like, I curse you. Yeah. I guess I now that I'm saying it, yeah. Yeah, the answer is now yes. now you're mine? <laughs> I mean, so, yes. Okay, so we are coming to you live reporting the facts. And the first fact you're debunking is that we're not live. But we do have the facts that cursing does mean to put a spell on somebody. And I'm claiming that right now. <laughs> All right. Now that we've wrapped that up, <laughs> um, put that to bed. Jackie, do you have a that bitch this week? Yes. My that bitch of the week is Mary Berry from the Great British Baking Show. Uh, she is firmly that bitch. She last I was watching her on the Great British Baking Show Masterclass last night, and the shit she makes looks amazing, even when it doesn't really look good. Like she made something with with custard and then uh, meringues and some caramel on top, and I was just like, okay, that doesn't look that good. And then they were eating it and talking about it. I was like, Mary will talk her shit up. And she does a good job, and I bet that shit tastes good. So she's that bitch. Uh, that picture that I sent earlier to you of me at prom, mm-hmm. that was the aesthetic I was really going for. It was Mary Berry. Okay. We're going to need – Jen, can we post that picture? Yeah, we can share oh, that. Oh, my gosh. Me as a woman child. <laughs> we need – I need you all to promise me you will go to our Instagram and see this picture of Jen. It is – it is just iconic. I mean, Jen, you look like you should be holding a martini glass in the back. Uh, that's a good one. She's also that bitch for soothing us all with her calm, polite brand of television. I mean, of course. I, ju- I just found out, though, 
her real name is Mary Rosa Elaine Hunnings. Okay. Firmly that bitch. Picking your own name is a real that bitch move. Who's um, your that bitch this have, week? Yeah. Well, mine's a little bit of a belated that bitch because I feel like I should have been up a on belated bitch. A belated bitch. Um, so <laughs> my that bitch this week is I was just kind of digging in after the uh, Greta Thunberg's Thunberg's appearance at the United Nations. I was just kind of like, what other children are out there just like fighting for us all while we <laughs> record our podcast? Pick up this while we record our <laughs> podcast and like r- reminisce about our tanning salon experiences. Like, who's out there doing real shit? Right. So anyway, Sorry, I uh, I learned about this activist that I just want to like firmly say like is that bitch Mari Kopany? I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. Um, she when she was eight years old, she wrote to President Obama and asked him to come to Flint, Michigan, where she lived, to bring attention to the Flint water crisis. And that letter um, sparked this meeting that happened that was able to secure a hundred million dollars in grants to wow. repair the Flint water system from just like an eight-year-old writing a letter and she, she's continued her activism um, and has gone on to working on like climate activism as well and like raising money to provide clean water and school supplies to children in Flint wow. and beyond and anyway I was just like wow that really is that bitch thanks for doing what you do wow we could all learn a thing or two from the kids these days back when I was a kid we were in tanning booths wasting away (laughs) getting our base tans these kids are peaking much harder than we did when we were their age uh if I peaked in fifth grade I'm afraid to hear about when these kids peaked (laughs) (laughs) if I peaked in fifth grade I know some of these kids are peaking in third they're peaking on a global scale um anyway and we're all better off for it true that's it that's my that bitch of the week wow how exciting well i hope that this was illuminating for all of you uh about curse words about mary berry about activism and uh tanning salons we hope you enjoyed it guys please rate review subscribe follow us on instagram at same dude pod all right all right